Welcome to the Gospel Reveal Podcast. My name is Michael, your host and teacher. Here at the Gospel Reveal Podcast, we teach the Bible for what it is. And our heart is for you to understand the Bible so that you will grow in the knowledge of God and of his word. And that leads to worship and holiness. We've been going through a series on the parables of Jesus, and today we are going to be studying the parable of the talents. So let's go over to the message. If someone give you one million pounds and said to you, make use of this money, and I'll be back in about 10 years time, and I would expect a profit from this money that I've given you what would you do with it what would you do with that money and such great opportunity would you invest it would you put it into some kind of business or would you just put it in a bank it will grow interest or maybe you will just keep it safe in your house what would you do with such a treasure and that's the question we're gonna ask today We continue our series in the parables of Jesus. And today we are going to be studying the parables of talents. Jesus in Matthew 24, he was teaching about end times. And then he begins 25, Matthew 25 with parables. And those parables specifically are end times parables. The first one was the parable of the ten virgin. Ten virgin is basically how believers should wait for the coming of Christ. But then this one is actually how we should work before the coming of Christ. Each parable gives us a different facet of how we should live our Christian life before the second coming. And so that's going to be our focus today. So I'll read the first section of the parable. That is Matthew 24, verses 14 to 18. Sorry, Matthew 25, 14 to 18. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money. To another, two talents, and to another, one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So we see this first section. Firstly, Jesus speaks of a man who went on a journey. He was referring to himself. You see, Jesus gives this parable just before his passion, resurrection, and ascension. He is the master who entrusted his servants with his property. So we see in the parable, the man gives his three servants talents. You know, for us to really grasp 
this parable, the servants actually are bond servants or slaves. You know, slaves are no is a toxic word. But the slavery here in first century in Bible times was not ethnocentric, meaning that it's not focused on one ethnicity like the transatlantic slavery where it was focused on African people. First century one was different. It could be anyone from any background. And sometimes slaves were even more educated than their masters. And there are a number of reasons why someone will be in slavery. But ultimately, someone is not in slavery for the rest of their lives. But then our focus will be servants. That's what we're gonna call them, servants. But that's kind of how we can grasp what Jesus is trying to communicate. So the man gives his servants talents. What are talents? According to NIV, Zundervan study Bible, talent originally a unit of currency worth about 20 years of a day's laborer's wage. Well, that's a lot of money. 20 years. If someone gives me um, the, my annual income at 20 years, I'll be laughing and I'll make use of it. For instance, if you're in the UK, you earn £30,000 per annum. If someone to give you 20 years of that money, it's quite a, a big chunk of money. It's 600,000 pounds. So that's quite a lot. What would you do with that? And so this master gives his servants talents. But then what are talents if we want to apply that in our lives? Jesse Ryle gives us a good explanation. It says, Anything whereby we may glorify God is a talent. Our gifts, our influence, our money, our knowledge, our health, our strength, our time, our senses, our reason, our intellect, our memory, our affections, our privileges as members of Christ's church, our advantages as possessors of the Bible, all, all our talents. That's absolutely fascinating. These are the talents that God has given us. So back to the parable, he distributed the talents according to their abilities. So the first guy, he gives five talents and then the second two and then one. Here we don't question God. God gives according to our abilities. He's the creator of us anyway. And he gives. God is free to do whatever he wants to do. But this is a parable. Don't read too much into it. And we've all got different capacity and talents as well. But then if you notice in the verses, as soon as the servants received their talents, they went straight to work, straight away. There was some kind of urgency. So also, just to give an understanding of the parable, normally a typical ancient Eastern way of dealing with property in the absence of the owner is that the master will entrust his slaves to his property. They should work his land, 
plant, harvest, and sell the produce for a profit. Alternatively, just like this story, the master will leave his servants with a capital to be used in trading. And the normal understanding is that the slaves will receive part of the profits, but there were no formal contract between master and slaves. You see, the point is Christ is our master. He has given us the gift of eternal life, but also entrust each and every one of us with gifts and talents, abilities, responsibilities, and opportunities to work for him. With this treasure, we should be faithful and make good use of what we have received from Christ. You see, this is a matter of urgency. It's not to live a nominal Christian life. And actually, this parable is directly challenging those nominal Christians. So if you're a nominal, nominal Christian, then put on the heat on. Wake up. Because this involves hard work. Working with the gifts and according to your ability. And we see these two servants, the one who received the five talents and the two talents, went straight to work. So the question is, what are you doing with what God has granted to you? Maybe you've got massive capacity. You have a huge talent. You don't know it or maybe you know it, but you're not doing anything about it or you're not doing enough. Let me give you an example of two different Christians. The first one, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a famous preacher in the 19th century during the 1800s. He was so popular. He was probably the first megachurch pastor in Europe. But at the same time, he preached sound doctrine. He never watered down the gospel. But he had a massive impact in his generation and the church world over and for actually up until now and even to the future. So Charles Spurgeon wrote books, Starhead Churches. A college was after him. He did lots of things. There's so much to say about Charles Spurgeon. But then you will say, oh, that guy was highly gifted. He's got so much capacity and opportunities. But then take Johnny Tada Erickson. This lady is an American. She's still alive. When she was 17, she had an accident whereby she was paralyzed from her shoulder down. For her to get up in the morning from her bed, she needs help. And this happened when she was 17. She's now in her 70s. She suffered depression and she had doubts in her faith. But let me tell you about her. She started a ministry that called Joni and Friends. She's got a radio program. She helps families who have disabled kids. There's so much initiative that goes on with that ministry. She has written over 40 books. She got speaking engagement. 
and she's singing as well. There's even a movie done about him, about her. And so we see how Journey could have just said like, pass me, it's over for me. She could have even lost her faith, but she used the talents God has given her. So what are you doing? And that's a question for me. I was so challenged when I was studying this parable. Maybe for you is to do something little in your community, at your church, and just use the opportunity God has given you. I hope this example helped. You see, the talented people are not the famous on television, but the spirit-filled Christian who has been gifted to work faithfully for his master Christ until he returns or they depart to be with him forever. So they've misunderstood this word, talents. Talented people are the gifted footballer, musician, filmsters. But actually, you and I are the talented people. It's not referring to things like that. So we've seen the two servants, or the slaves, the two slaves, they've put their talent into work and they've actually made profits. But then verse 18 tells us about the third guy. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. This third guy buried what was given to him. What a great opportunity. But the guy went and buried it. What is Jesus saying? The first century people, they will understand this. You see, first century folks would bury their money in the ground, under or near their homes for safekeeping. But this, of course, will not grow interest because at that time there were banks as well. Is that something you will do? This servant buried a treasure that doesn't belong to him. He was slothful and indifferent about the treasure entrusted to him. Question, are you slothful towards the talents God has given you? If so, wake up now. I started with my message. Would you keep one million in your house for 10 years without doing anything for a profit? That's why I asked the question in the beginning. Are you like the thought guy? If you are, this is serious thing that you should consider. Because Jesus has warned us. You see, there are two types of Christians in the church. The faithful and slothful. You see, the faithful are the fruitful stewards of God. But slothfulness is an indication that you don't love God and possibly be separated from him. If you persist in slothful life, it's a sign that you are heading for eternal damnation. But if you're slothful and then after hearing this, you are going to try to make you, you're going to try and do something about it. Then that's a good sign that you are one of Jesus' children, God's 
children. So let's look at the second part of the parable. I'm going to read Matthew 19 to 29. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew what you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, this is quite serious. You see, there's going to be a day of reckoning. God is going to put history to an end. At the return of Christ, everyone will give an account for what was given to them. And we see in these verses that the two servants who quickly went to work made 100% of what has been entrusted to them. The guy with the five talents made five more. The other one with the two talents made two more. And the master was so gracious. He could have not given them anything. But the response was absolutely incredible. He said, you good and faithful servants. What a great word. Would you like to hear that at the end of your life? Good and faithful servants. Paul speaks about fighting the good fight of faith. And he was confident that he will receive the crown of glory. And that's the whole point of us living our Christian life, working for Christ, what he has entrusted us with. Their master rewards them with more, but then it gets better. He say, come and share your master's happiness. Wow. God is looking for faithfulness. That's the point. He's looking for faithfulness. And we see these two servants who were faithful. And the truth is, it doesn't matter however little you're doing. Let's say, for instance, you're a pastor of a church, 
of 50 people, all you need to do is, is to be faithful. That guy maybe have 2,000 people, but then he's maybe not faithful. He's not maybe faithful in preaching, in caring, in pastoring, in protecting his people. He's maybe after maybe fame. He's maybe after money, but you are a faithful shepherd of God. But also you could apply that differently as well. So we see the third servant. He was contradictory. He said his master was hard and wanted to weep where he didn't sow, but then said he hid his master's gold because he was afraid. That's very contradictory. You see, the truth is he had the wrong mindset. You have been entrusted with treasure. What do you do with it? You need to make use of it. It was a great privilege and a great opportunity. But here Jesus was very firm. He called these servants wicked and lazy. These are strong words. And his talent was taken from him. And he was cast into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, the guy who hid his talent was actually an hypocrite. And the sad truth is, there are Christians in churches that are this guy. They're not really Christians. Actually, they're not even saved. Because if you're saved, you will know the treasure that's been given to you. And by the way, when we walk for Christ, we don't walk because we want to please him. It's from a place of all war he has granted us. Matthew Henry put this well. It says, those who think it impossible to please God and in vain to serve him will do nothing to purpose in religion. They complain that he requires of them more than they are capable of and punishes them for what they cannot help. That's the third guy. So, what can we learn from this? Well, a lot. Just two lessons from this to finish up. Number one, we should wait for our Lord by working meticulously with the treasure he has entrusted us with to please the one who owns everything and will reward us. Secondly, those with smaller gifts or capacity are at risk to be relaxed and can feel insignificant. As a result, don't make much effort to work. If you think that's you, be mindful. Here's a verse for you, 2 Corinthians 8, 12. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. That verse tells us everything. So then, why should we be zealous to work for Christ? Is he the hard master, the third servant was referring to, who doesn't care and want to reap where he did not sow? <laughs> well, that's a warped mindset. 
Here is what Titus 2, 13 to 14. This is Paul writing to Titus. He says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself self for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Wow. Jesus gave himself up for us. You see, this is the eternal God, the eternal, holy, infinite God. You see, God didn't give up give up the angels or the glories of heaven. He gave himself up for us, people who are lawless, people who were actual slaves to sin. But then he rescued us. And I would love to be a slave of Christ. But amazing, we are also children of God. And he has saved us, purified us to himself for his own possession. God owns us. He's a master who humbled himself to servanthood to serve us so he's not hypocrite the one who is king became a servant for us you see he is god the son who submitted to god the father to complete a work god the father god the holy spirit and god the son had a covenant that the son will come and save a people for himself and his work was to rescue sinners and enemies of God. It grants us eternal life and access to God's kingdom. Wow. It's the Father God's pleasure to give us his kingdom. Jesus doesn't owe us anything. He owns everything and therefore entrusts us with his treasure. But then rewards us for our faithfulness. He is the master that rescues his servants. He gives them talents to work for him. It's a privilege to, to work for Christ. That's amazing. We have been called. We have been saved and rescued to the glory of Christ. So let's wake up and use the treasure that God has granted us wisely and faithfully. Father, we give you glory. We thank you that you are almighty, that you've rescued us from the kingdom of darkness into your glorious light. I pray that those who are struggling, who are slothful, Lord, that they will wake up and live a life that brings glory to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you have found it helpful. If you have any question, please email the Gospel Revealed Podcast at gmail.com. That is the Gospel Revealed Podcast at gmail.com. For the readings would be Matthew chapter 25. Please share and subscribe to this podcast.
Thanks until the next time. Bye.